It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. So great to be here today, substituting for Sandy. I'll be with you today, uh, not tomorrow, only today. And I'm so happy. I want to hear from you, 1-88-589-8840. A lot of devastation overnight. And I hope if you're out there and this is the only information you have, uh, know that things are going to get better and know that this hurricane is getting out of your hair, going back out to the Atlantic today. Uh, I've been with you guys before. I'm the head of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, the nation's only law firm dedicated exclusively to election integrity. You could follow me at Election Law CTR on Twitter. And today we're going to be talking about a number of things. We're going to have a guest later in the hour, Carrie Pickett, one of, frankly, the best reporters in the country who writes at the Washington Times and has really been breaking big news about FBI biases. Uh, Carrie has got lots of front page stories and lots and lots of sources. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. But in the meantime, uh, you know, the crazy continues, doesn't it? Just when you think things might get back to normal in a place like Virginia, where we had a, an election for governor and Governor Glenn Youngkin won that election in large measure because of what was taking place in the public school system, where parents were being excluded, where crazy was on the march, all of those things that you guys have followed uh, for the last five or six years. Boys are girls, girls are boys, keep the parents out of the picture, teach radicalism, don't teach. Uh, that America is a good place, teach that America is a bad place, basically all of these characteristics. And so the voters of Virginia rebelled, didn't they? And they said, no, we are not going to tolerate this in our public school system. And they elected Glenn Youngkin to fix it, and fix it he tried, and fix it he's trying. And as soon as he became the governor, he issued new policies for state-run schools that say a couple of very controversial things. Number one, students have a right to refer to other students by their biological pronouns. In other words, you cannot be forced to buy into the totalitarian ideology that up is down and black is white and two plus two equals seven. And what that means is you can refer to a girl as a girl without being punished. And if a girl wants to pretend that they're a boy, then the parents have to be notified. 
shocking stuff, isn't it? That if a boy wants to dress up in makeup and a dress and be called a girl, that the parents have to sign off on it. Shocking stuff, isn't it? Well, I know it's not, of course. I know you don't think it's shocking stuff. It's normal things that respect truth. But fast forward to the past week in Fairfax County, Virginia. And the reason this is important is because everybody needs to understand, even when you achieve victories at the ballot box, number one, the fight continues, and number two, there's a whole bunch of organized radicals who don't give up the fight, who don't tolerate losing. And this, of course, has something to do with the upcoming election because it's a good lesson that the other side doesn't quit. And that being demoralized about a past election result is no excuse to check out, turn off, and disappear the next time. So let's talk about what's going on in Fairfax. You won't believe this. I got an email from a parent about what happened across Fairfax County. Largest largest school district in Virginia, probably one of the largest in the country. Student activists held school walkouts across Virginia on Tuesday to protest Republican Glenn Youngkin's new policies. Beginning Tuesday morning, this is from the Associated Press, beginning Tuesday morning, students streamed out of their classrooms to decry the model policies unveiled earlier this month. In other words, you call people by the correct gender without being punished. It's not even that you, that you uh, won't allow someone who's a girl to be called a boy. It's just the parents have to sign off on it. And, and you have to use the right bathroom. Shocking stuff, right? Can you imagine? I, I, I went to high school in the 80s, right? Can you imagine if you said, oh, the, the boys can go in the girls' locker room? They just have to pretend they're a girl for the day. <laughs> I mean, I... I can't even get my head around that, but that's what's happening. Okay, so what do they do? All of these students walk out in protest to Governor Yunkin. Now, back when I went to school, if I decided that I was going to get up and I was going to leave the building because I didn't like what the rules were, we know what happens, don't we all? Here's the email that went out to parents. You ready for this? Imagine opening up your email inbox and this is sitting there. Kids are off at school. You think they're learning something, right? Let's learn about the Declaration of Independence. Maybe read some Chaucer. How about uh, doing a little chemistry, protons, neutrons? Oh, no, not in Fairfax County Public Schools. They got higher priorities. Dear West Potomac families, says the email, today about 1,400 of our students walked out of a fourth period class at 10 a.m. to bring awareness to the governor's proposed model policy. This is an email from the school. This isn't an email from the organizing activists, or is it? 
Here it goes. Students left the building in an orderly fashion. Oh, thank goodness for that. It was orderly. And were outside in the stadium for about 40 minutes before returning to their class. Fairfax County Public Schools respects the rights of our students to engage in peaceful protest and express their opinions through speech and other ways as long as it's done respectfully. Oh, we'll get to the respectfully part in a minute about the students who didn't participate. And it does not interfere with the rights of others, another lie that we'll examine in a moment. And does not disrupt learning in the school. Oh, no, that's not a laugh line, okay? As long as it does not disrupt learning, it's okay. That is not a laugh line, folks. It's not meant to be funny. But I know all of you out there are saying, what could disrupt learning more than 1,400 students marching out of schools? If you want to call 1-888-589-8840. It does not disrupt learning. We all gather in the stadium to protest being allowed to call a girl a girl to protest your parents having to sign off on you dressing in drag and calling yourself what you aren't and protest using the correct bathroom. 1,400 students! Folks, this reminds me of something from totalitarian regimes where this group thing permeates where all the young pioneers dress in their red scarves and march in favor of a lie. Are we really training children to do this? To march in favor of a lie? Let's keep going, because the, the email even gets better, believe it or not. Remember, this is an email from the Fairfax County Public Schools to parents. West Potomac High School is committed to providing an environment where everyone is treated with respect and encouraged to help others. No, it's not. West Potomac High School is committed to groupthink. Fairfax County, Virginia Public Schools are committed to enforcing a regimen of untruth by allowing a mass walkout about a lie. We'll get to the people left behind in a minute, but let's keep going with this insane email from from a school district to parents after nearly all of the students marched out because they want to have drag dressing and allowed to use the other bathroom without telling parents. Here we go. (laughs) It's truly Orwellian. Let me continue. This is from the email. Our teachers, administrators, and staff continue to reinforce a sense of positive school community. And we ask for your partnership in working with your child to discuss meaningful actions that they can take to engage in their community. Dr. Millard signs it. We could do a whole show about Dr. Millard, a clown. Yes, I said it, a clown. This is from the administrator of a high school where 1,400 of the kids marched out of class in an organized protest 
And this email goes out praising their activity, lying about what they're committed to, because they're not. They're not committed to treating other people with respect unless you agree with them. See, that's the totalitarian way. Throughout history, you're treated with plenty of respect as long as you wear your party pin or as long as you have your red neckerchief. And as long as you keep clapping for the leader for 15 minutes after he speaks, then you're treated with plenty of respect. But if you think a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl, and parents ought to know if their kids start dressing up in the opposite gender, then you're not treated with respect. You're treated as a pariah, as a bigot, as an outcast, as a has-been, as a fuddy-duddy, and you're crumpled up and thrown out. Now, let's get to the respect part, because I've heard some stories about how much respect was given to the people who disagreed with this, the few left behind. And I want to talk about school prayer in a second. I'm sorry if I sound animated, but this story makes me volcanic. Because we've crossed a line where mass, mob, activist, ideological warfare is taking place in our public schools and they are using the tools of groupthink totalitarianism to crush the remaining opponents. The, the few who throughout history will stand up for what is true and beautiful and good. That's what's happening. So I've heard... We got to take a break. We want to hear from you. 1-88-589-8840. I've heard there's plenty of people not treated with respect. Guess who? It was the students who didn't participate. So this letter from Dr. Millard, a uh, doctor, I'd like to know what that is all about. West Potomac families, this email to them is a lie. Is an outright lie. We want to hear from you in the next segment. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios. 1-88-589-8840. You're on with American Family Radio this morning. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with your calls and more next. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Genesis 127 makes it clear. God created us in his own image, male and female. Satan has worked hard to turn people's hearts away from God. 
The film, In His Image, lovingly shares the truth about gender from a biblical perspective and breaks down the lies of the enemy. Combine the truth with prayer and you'll see lives changed just like Laura Perry's. God has changed my heart. He's changed my mind. He's changed my beliefs. He's changed my emotions and my desires. And I'm just stunned at what God has done. You know, with man, this may seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. If you haven't seen In His Image, please take time to see it. Maybe invite a family member or friend who has turned their back on God to watch it with you. Go to inhisimage.movie, and while you're there, click on prayer to commit to pray, request prayer, or download a free prayer guide to give you hope and help you pray for those running from God. inhisimage.movie. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. President Biden is not well, America. The president mumbled through much of an address he delivered from Washington on Wednesday. At one point, he introduced Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, the Republican lawmaker from Indiana. He called her name several times and then mumbled that he thought she was going to be in attendance. But that would have been impossible. Congresswoman Walorski was killed in a car accident in August. Two staff members also died in the crash. President Biden knew that because he issued a statement about her death. So the idea that he either forgot or actually thinks she's still alive is of grave concern. The president's mental stability is an issue of national and international importance. Leaders from both parties should demand that Biden undergo a cognitive test. We need to know whether the president simply has a perpetual brain freeze, or if the cheese really has slid off his cracker. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I hope you're waking up to a beautiful morning, and one that is much more peaceful than yesterday afternoon if you're in Florida. I'm subbing for Sandy Rios today, and we're talking about what is happening in Virginia. If you remember, Governor Youngkin won that election. Glenn Youngkin became the governor because he wanted parents to be in charge of their children's education. And part of that includes notification whenever the children in, let's say, eighth grade, a boy decides to become a girl in school. It's like, what if an eighth grader decided to wear a Batman costume? In school, the parents will be notified, right? Well, in Virginia, now you have to respect the correct bathroom. You can't be punished for calling a boy a boy. And parents have to be notified. And this led to a walkout across Virginia schools. West Potomac High School, for example, outside of D.C., had 1,400 students. 1,400 walk out and leave behind and leave behind uh, very few who were not treated very well. And what do you have to say about that? 188-589-8840. Joe, you're in Texas. Good morning, Joe. What what do you have to say? You're a teacher, aren't you? Yes, I'm a public school teacher um and I 
wanted to just encourage all public school teachers and parents and even homeschool parents in the uh, local districts to continue to resist the, uh, the imposition of lies and, and confusion and agendas upon our children. They, they, I just wanted to say I spent the last year taking a stand in my own school where LGBTQ propaganda uh, and transgender propaganda was put up uh, on a bulletin board by teachers uh, with no parental notification. And, and in the name of neutrality and equality, um, I went to everybody, uh, including the people who put it up all the way to the superintendent and the board, and some others joined me, and we said, this is not neutral. And if you're going to platform one side of a controversial moral issue like this, which undermines the values of many of the parents and the students and the staff, then you must platform the other side as well. Oh, no, no, and, no we uh, can't do that. You, you, Joe, you left out the important part of that is what if there had been uh, 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 someone who wanted to have a mass prayer in school, right? And we, we right. can't possibly platform that. We can't possibly put up anything on the bulletin board that would well, respect you, some kind of religion, right? We love the words diversity and inclusion, and, and you can call out the hypocrisy from within, and they cannot do anything about it. And if they fire you, you have legal grounds because... These things um, must be called out while there is still a chance. And the only thing that allows it to thrive is our silence. Well, you're exactly right about that, uh, Joe. The only thing that allows it to thrive is our silence. And I will tell you from many, many, many years of tangling with the left, and particularly their thinking and ways of doing business, that one person resisting them vocally can shut down 40 of them. If you simply say, you're wrong, I disagree with this, boys are boys, parents should be notified, they get very quiet in many instances, particularly the ones who are being recruited, meaning the ones who are not really committed to the crazy. Because they don't have any beacon of light to make them think about what's happening. They're being consumed by the cultural sounds on the left. And they don't see any beacon of light on the other side sometimes. And sometimes a beacon of light is all it takes to stop their consumption by the other side. That's sometimes all it takes. Now, I'm an attorney. You guys know that, many of you. Worked at the Justice Department in the voting section do election law now at the Public Interest Legal Foundation. And one of the things we learned in law school when we studied the school prayer cases, the school prayer cases that prohibited prayer in public schools, that the Supreme Court thought was very important was how the students felt who didn't participate in the prayers and how it marginalized them. Now, I can't help but think of those few students at this cesspool uh, in Fairfax County, these schools that were left behind, that didn't participate in the walkout. Now, let's get into the psychology of a teenager, and let's think about the school prayer cases. After all, the Supreme Court says we have to be concerned about those who don't want to participate in the prayer 
And so 14, listen, this is the email from Dr. Millard of West Potomac High School, the dear West Potomac families, Fairfax County. 1,400 of our students walked out in fourth period to bring awareness to the governor's proposed model, po- proposed model policy. I thought it was in effect. 1,400 students. So how many students are left behind? 30, 50, maybe 100? How do they feel? Well, I can tell you they got harassed. They got harassed and badgered after this noble event. They were harassed and badgered. And of course, the email from Dr. Millard says, that we're committed to providing an environment where everyone is treated with respect and encouraged to help others. No, you're not, Dr. Millard. You're committed to providing an environment that is similar to the other mass movements of mass hysteria in world history, where you use vox populi, meaning lots of people are taking sides against others. In other words, you're in the minority, change or suffer, to get what you want, which is to stop Governor Yunkin. You're not committed to providing an environment where everyone's treated with respect. You're committed to providing an environment where you march through parental will, where you send the vast majority of students to the stadium so those left behind can even question their beliefs more and maybe change and join the mob. That's what you're committed to, Dr. Millard. You're committed to a grotesque exercise in psychological warfare against values held deeply by mainstream America, maybe not at West Potomac High School in the majority, but across mainstream America, that boys are boys, girls shouldn't be using boys' bathrooms and vice versa, and parents ought to know when their child in 7th or 8th grade decides to transition at school. That's what you're committed to. You're committed to transforming values that served humanity for thousands of years. Don't lie to us in your emails, Dr. Millard of West Potomac High School in Virginia. It's disgusting. It's disgusting because it's at war with truth. It's at war with parents and the relationship with their children. It's at war with the idea of freedom. It's at war with the idea that school's meant to be about education, not revolution. It's at war with the whole notion of public schools being a leveling force where everybody of different values can come together in one place and respect those values. That's what American public education is. Now, Chinese communist and Russian and German uh, fascist education had different purposes. But American public education was about respect and lifting people up, not grinding down your political opponents. And that's what you're about, Dr. Millard, with an email lie like this. I'm Christian Adams, 1-88-589-8840. Randy, I'm going to try to pull you up in Louisiana. (laughs) There you go, Randy. Good morning. Go ahead, Randy. You're on. 
Going once, going twice. Let's go on to Monty. Monty. Yes, How about sir. you, Monty? Yes, You're in Culpeper, Virginia. What do you have to say this morning? You're on American well, Family Radio with Jay Christian Adams. I'll try to be very brief, but that's hard for me sometimes. So thank you for what you do and all your investigative work and great uh, tribute to our school systems, too. But I, I just wanted to say I was on a school board back in 99 to 2003. And, you know, if you did an evolution of school board members, how they have changed in their responsibility to really investigate what children are learning in the classroom. I don't even think school board members have any clue how many destructive books or things are going on because when I, they tried to remove me, two school board members tried to remove me, superintendent asked me to leave the school board, and I thought, I just pray before we have meetings. What is wrong with prayer now? Do you understand that this, this whole group of people, there are seven people on the board, their responsibility is to make a better school system and have children learn, you know, the basics. And now we've gone into all this gender euphoria and, and just stupidity. And you know it's stupidity that somebody would change their gender just because of their feelings. What do we do with these school systems now that they actually address what is the most important thing in these children's lives? Well, that's a great question. What do we do with these school systems? I think a lot of parents around the country, especially after COVID, have checked out. They no longer trust the government to teach their children. Now, what that will do is further radicalize the government schools because it will leave behind the people who worship at the altar of government and worship at the totalitarian groupthink that we're seeing in Fairfax County public schools who believe in lies. It's like, hey, let's all pretend the trees talk. And everyone who believes that trees talk and love us we're going to all walk out of class and we're going to gather in the stadium and leave behind the people who don't believe the trees talk. We're going to leave behind the people who believe in truth, but we're going to make them look like fools. See, folks, that's how you break down a civilization, by the way. That's how you, that the whole story of the Renaissance, <laughs> right, of, of, the, of, of, of Western Europe, and the whole story of civilization is one of lifting people up to the truth. Whether it's Christianity, the spread of Christianity, the scientific revolution, the agricultural revolution, let's rotate some crops here, let's see what steam can do, let's map the transit of Jupiter and decide how the earth rotates or not. The whole story of civilization is lifting people up to the truth from the beginning. Should you worship pagan, uh, worship idols? Can you go to the moon? What's secure for polio? The whole story of human civilization is lifting people up to the truth. These are the people who want us to return us to the dark ages, the age of untruth that governed the world for so much of its time. It's a war between darkness and light. Do not lose sight of this. It's a war between truth and lies. And what you're seeing play out on the fields of West Potomac High School, where Dr. Millard is justifying a walkout, is part of this battle. Washington Times, quote, this is from Natasha Sangvi, S-A-N-G-H-V-I. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Natasha Sangvi says, quote, we decided to hold these walkouts as a kind of way to disrupt schools. Oh, wait, 
I thought for Dr. Millard said that this was not disruptive. He, he says, we respect the rights if it's done respectfully and does not interfere with the rights of others and does not disrupt learning in schools, says Dr. Millard. Oh, let's see what Natasha Sangvi says. We decided to hold these walkouts as a way to disrupt schools. Ah, we have disagreement here, don't we? And essentially have students be aware of what's going on. Oh, awareness is always so important. Awareness. It's a code word, folks. If you haven't figured it out, awareness is a code word to, it's step one to capturing the people who disagree with something, to make them change sides, to go from truth to lies, awareness. We wanted them to talk about awareness. Oh, okay. She's a senior and a member of the Pride Liberation Project, which helped organize the resistance effort. Natasha Sangvi. So, folks, your schools are being completely overtaken. You can say, I'm in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Ain't happening to me. Oh, it will if it's not already. You just don't know. Or we're here in Texas, and you don't mess with Texas. Oh, oh, yes, they do. They mess with Texas. They mess with Texas a lot. So I don't know what to tell you, but this is coming to a town near you because these people don't quit. They can do a lot of things. Margie, you're in, a, in Fairfax County. You're a retired teacher, and I hope I can punch you up. Good morning, Margie. Good morning. I'm actually in Texas. I'm a retired teacher of about 30 years, and I've taught every grade kindergarten through ninth. So I think and Margie, we only have a few moments. I'm sorry. And what's your quick point? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. What's your quick point? We're a hard break. Okay. Um, what I have to say is, number one, of those 1,400 kids, not all of them believe that. There would be great peer, peer pressure that you would join those kids who are going outside. Like Right, and, and that's exactly what, what I heard was happening to students. I'm Jay Christian Adams. We're going to be up next with Carrie Pickett. Carrie Pickett is the top Washington Times writer about the FBI. Tons of great stories. You just wait for what she has to say. Her sources are telling her at the FBI. I'm Jay Christian Adams. Stick with us. We'll be right after this. I'm a natural. Hey, moms and dads, are you at your wits end? Hi, this is Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. I'm so grateful for the partnership we have with American Family Radio. We share a common goal to bring hope to hurting families through the life-changing medium of radio. Be sure to listen Saturday afternoons at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Find help and hope for your family with Parenting Today's Teens. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. 
having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. For decades, a vast army of Chinese Communist Party computer hackers has been waging cyber warfare against the U.S. electric grid and other sensitive military and civilian networks and databases. But the CCP's top propaganda outlet, People's Daily, claims that America's super-secret national security agency was successful last June in, quote, infiltrating and controlling the core equipment of China's infrastructure and stealing private data from Chinese users, unquote. If true, this would be among the first public indications that the United States is actually fighting back against the unrestricted warfare the CCP has waged against this country for over two decades. We, too, can now weaponize such information, including that of large numbers of Chinese nationals with, quote, sensitive identities, unquote. It's high time our mortal enemy is decisively punished for its aggression to date and hopefully deterred from engaging in still worse down the road. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios this morning. You can follow me at Twitter at ElectionLawCTR. Always so nice to be with you. Thank you for the calls. We're going to pivot topics here to something. The madness of Fairfax County Schools, now the madness of the FBI. And joining us is one of the best reporters in the country, as far as I'm concerned, uh, at the Washington Times, who's been covering the FBI and has amazing stories, amazing stories with deep sourcing inside the FBI about the variety of biases, skullduggery, and mischief that is taking place in the nation's leading law enforcement agency. And that's Q 
Carrie Pickett. Good morning, Carrie. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for the praise, Christian. That's very nice of you. Well, it's also true uh, because I was just, uh, I had an old paper sitting, uh, sitting on my table from a couple of weeks ago, front page story about the FBI. And I read it and I said, this is incredible. And I said, who is this by? And, it, and looked at it and said, Carrie Pickett. So uh, I thought, that, let's get you on to tell the public, because, you know, this audience is very concerned about the treatment of President Trump, very concerned mm. about the treatment of conservatives, uh, very doubtful of our institutions in that regard. And I thought maybe you could bring them up to date about your latest reporting and what you have been reporting mm. on regarding the FBI. Right. Uh, well, look, we've all heard about a number of uh, whistleblowers who have been going to uh, the House Judiciary Committee, uh, where the top Republican there, Jim Jordan, keeps talking about these 14 FBI whistleblowers, which, by the way, has ballooned uh, since he first mentioned 14 FBI whistleblowers. It's kind of like, you know, one keeps on procreating into another, into another. And uh, we've already had two out themselves, uh, one being Stephen Friend, another being Kyle Serafin. Kyle Serafin, uh, particularly, I've been talking to him for a long period of time when he was anonymous, and he was one of my background sources. Uh, and he particularly uh, had, he talked about how he had to work on these domestic, quote-unquote, terrorist cases, these, quote-unquote, white supremacy cases, uh, that he very often said that, there just weren't enough uh, white supremacists to go after that the the FBI was looking for, that the FBI was assigned to, to go look for. Now, look, uh, what do we mean by that? Well, it's this idea that it is a, that it is criminal, that it is, that it is a crime to to be a vile person. Now, what do I mean by that exactly? Well, look, you can be a vile person but not commit a crime. And that, and, you know, you, you can say vile things, uh, but not commit a crime. Uh, and that is where there seems to be a, a, a problem over at the FBI. Uh, however, uh, you know, one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist, like, like anything else, like, like, like we've been saying for years. So they had these intel analysts over at the FBI, and they create a profile of what they consider to be a quote-unquote domestic terrorist. So Probably they, like they, I'm one of them, right? Exactly. So they basically have been creating, okay, well, if you fly a Gadsden flag, if you... Uh, oh, yeah, check on fly, that one here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're a homeschooler or if you homeschool your kids, if you're a pro-lifer, of course, we, uh, you know, Mark Houck ended up fitting that description, you know, and if... And then they say, and it's better even yet if you're just mouthing off online. Uh, and and so they have this thing that's called the eGuardian, uh, you know, program that basically looks all over the internet, uses an algorithm, and and they look for people mouthing off. And then they say, oh, gee, do they do they fit that description? Oh, well then go find them, see if you can get them to say, you know, th th that like they're going to go commit a crime and then catch them. But just the fact that they opened up 
a terrorist case on them means that they have like a metric or like a number. See, we've opened up all these terrorist cases. We're like yeah. tracking all of these people and they're using the power of the FBI just to track people. And that in and of itself is a problem. And that's important. When I was at the Justice Department, Carrie, we had something called DJ numbers, DJ, Amber, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, DJ numbers. And you it's when you ever open up a matter and you had to actually track time on it. There's a system for the DOJ staff to track their time every day they spend on DJ numbers. So when you say they open up a matter, you're, it's serious. I mean, it's literally there's a mm-hmm. matter that's been opened up. <clears throat> Carrie, a lot of times when I substitute for Sandy on this show, I try to convey this idea that you may or may not agree with. And if you do agree with it, I'd like you to explain what you pick up on. And that is sure. it, it's the banality of evil. It's the banality that the, these people don't think they're doing anything wrong. And, and that's right. what I try to explain to people so dangerous because it's harder to reform somebody who doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. It means you're up against the, the, the uh, edifice of the state and these nameless, faceless uh, apparatchiks who don't think opening up on a, a file on people who fly a Gadsden flag or exercise fundamental constitutional rights to speak, that there's anything wrong with it. And right. uh, Carrie, I'm wondering if you pick up on that and if, if you can uh, highlight and elucidate on that idea. Oh, absolutely. Christian, that's the whole point. Think about this. Um, for years and years on end, uh, you had a lot of left-wing lawmakers, a lot of left-wing activists who kept on saying, you have all this white supremacy going on all over the nation and and you conservatives just don't see it. You just don't see it. And then all of a sudden, when, sh- when like Charlottesville happened, and then when you had the, 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 the church shooting down in South Carolina that happened over at that black church, and then when January 6th happened, there was a lot of, I told you so, I told you so. And that is the, and that is the crux as to why we had to open up all of these white supremacy cases against these conservatives, because they're the reason why, you know, all this domestic terrorism is happening. And so they based all their numbers off of, off of those particular cases, and 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 that's where they're sort of getting their like quote unquote strength from. You go to a hearing on uh, on, on November third, twenty twenty one, just a few months after January sixth, and you have a guy named Timothy Langan. Uh, he was then the assistant uh, director over at the counterterrorism division at the FBI. And he's saying, oh, we have around 2,700 open cases of, of, of uh, uh, domestic terrorism. We're looking into it, and, and, the, and the biggest problem right now is white supremacy, and we're going after them. Don't worry, Adam Schiff. Don't worry, Andre Carson. We're, we're going at them right now. And therein lies the biggest problem, because they point to two cases out there where that were absolutely horrible, sure, but they use it as a reason to go after conservatives. And there you go. Like James O'Keefe. I mean, don't forget James. Uh, he gets a diary of the president's daughter, and next thing you know, it's five a.m. and there's a battering ram at the door, and the FBI's there to execute a warrant, uh, and James has to stand out in his underwear in his apartment hallway while they go through his stuff. And so, oh, and don't forget the FBI also got a pre-search. Uh, email seizure uh, warrant that was secret and allowed them to basically monitor everybody's emails. And, you know, thank you very much, uh, uh, Internet, for allowing uh, this government to be able to monitor what you're doing. And I guess, Carrie, what you're saying is that 
they not only don't think they're not doing anything wrong, they actually think they're doing the right thing. They're on the crusade against, you know, the rising uh, brown shirt movement in their minds. Well, it isn't even just that, Christian. It's also what they're not doing. So while they are uh, going after a particular profile of, of Americans, then they're not going after, say, people and organizations who may be organizing to go after um, crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, and also, uh, I just uh, found out a, a letter was sent to uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland by several uh, Republican lawmakers saying, you know, there's been a bunch of like, you know, cyber attacks against Christian websites and charitable donation portals carried out by a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, uh, like hackers, whether it's anonymous, whether it's like, you know, you know, loan hackers. And it seems that the uh, DOJ is kind of going, eh, who cares? We're not going to do anything. Well, of course, and, I wrote a whole book so, called Injustice about the new Black Panther mm-hmm. case, a good example of this phenomenon, uh, where when I was at the department and the new Black Panthers, a, a violent, uh, a, a virulent, uh, anti-Semitic hate group was out in front of the polls on Election Day in 08, uh, and we decided to file a lawsuit, the Bush administration did, and we filed it and they defaulted. Along comes Obama, and they dismiss the case against them. And there was this incredible resistance inside the DOJ, particularly among my coworkers. Like, oh, we that's ridiculous to go after the new Black Panthers. Uh, no one should stop them from standing in front of the polls in paramilitary uniforms with weapons. Right. But if it was exactly. like the Minutemen or the Patriots or, oh, God forbid, what, the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys, right? It's like, bring in all the resources you can to put these people in prison. And and look, I, it, it was plain as day there's a mm-hmm. bias. And I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So what's what's next on the horizon as far as the storyline of FBI bias? Okay, well, uh, I am, uh, you know, I, I've been talking to some Republican lawmakers. Uh, look, we've, we've sort of been through this already. I can tell you what is down the road next. Uh, and they are talking about how, you know, what, what should happen to the FBI. They're talking about decentralizing the uh, FBI, sort of breaking them up, uh, making sure that the Washington field office doesn't have the power that it has, uh, making sure uh, that that they that that it becomes less politicized, and they think doing it that way by basically saying, "Sorry, guys, seventh floor, you guys have lost your power. We're taking it back to the states," and that is one way uh, that they are looking to do it. Basically, putting the power of the FBI under the 94 separate U.S. attorneys all over the country. Uh, secondly, one of the things that I mentioned uh, was whether or not. Maybe these uh, FBI guys who come in and maybe raid people or even just interview people uh, should be wearing body cams. That is, you know, it's a small measure, but an important one, because too often we're getting kind of conflicting information, especially what just happened with Mark Houck, what happened with uh, Michael Flynn, uh, about, you know, who said what, what said who, okay? I love it. And... this is something that if you're going to be demanding that local law enforcement, yeah. you know, yeah. it's going to be wearing body cams and perhaps federal law enforcement should be uh, wearing body cams as well. 
that's incredible. I, that's an incredible idea, Carrie, because for folks who are following along, the federal government, the Justice Department years ago started really hassling local police. So they had to wear body cams, right? Because frankly, it would make it easier to collect evidence against the police when the feds wanted to prosecute. So they really insisted that local government uh, police departments wear body cams. And what's sauce for the goose ought to be sauce for the gander, shouldn't it, Carrie? And so now Absolutely. maybe the FBI people ought to wear, wear body cams too, because one of the factual issues in a lot of these, and I'll just be a lawyer for a second, 18 USC 1001 cases, like against Mike Flynn, where did you lie to the FBI, or what was actually said? And so uh, if you had a body cam on, the FBI agents couldn't lie themselves. Right. And, you know, all we have right now, also with this particular situation out in Bucks County uh, with Mark Houck, was, okay, were there 25 FBI agents or were there just two or three FBI agents? Was it a SWAT team or was it not a SWAT team? Because, and that is a big issue because I'd like to point out that the Philadelphia FBI field office, they, you know, like, like there are standards as to whether or not you should use a SWAT team. Like, they, you know, I mean, like, you do not send a SWAT team out you know, just for, okay, we got to go check out whether this guy is some loon right. uh, or if this guy is, like, Scarface. Uh, right, who's, right. Who's, uh, who's, like, you know, had some huge drug operation. I mean, Indeed. there are huge standards out there. And So we've been on. Out, Thank you very much for joining you know, us. Uh, Carrie Pickett of the Washington Times covering the FBI. We're running out of time, Carrie, so we're going to have to go. But I want to thank you and folks. Tune into her great reporting at the Washington Times on the FBI. It's Carrie Pickett. Carrie, thank you for joining us. I'm Jay Christian Adams. It's been a fast hour guest hosting for Sandy Rios. So thankful for all your calls. I hope if you're in Florida that you're doing well. And I hope if you're in South Carolina and Georgia, you're paying attention. I'm Jay Christian Adams. You can follow me at Election Law CTR, Election Law Center. Until next time, you're listening to American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.